Hey guys, good morning. Uh, this is Doc Huffpower, and uh, you are joining me today in my recording studio here in Alvin, Texas. And uh, today I have been joined by one of our experts for the Dear Doc podcast, and that is Dr. Lynn Gerlag. Lynn, how are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. Glad to be here. Thank you. So I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really glad you joined us. You guys don't know she drove here from Austin this morning just so that she could, she could get to this studio to just do our introductions and uh, and you know, discuss who she is and, and what she brings to the table as part of our advisory group. So, Lynn, um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Well, Chris, I'm a dentist, just like you. Um, I graduated from dental school a little before you, um, 1987, but I practiced for 26 years, and about 10 years ago I was recruited to work with Phase 2 as a transition consultant. And I love change, so it's a perfect fit for me. I love change too. My my team doesn't always love change, exactly. but <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about what you do at Phase Two and um, kind of the gambit of the different services that you guys offer, so they kind of know what you're qualified to speak on. Sure, you know um, we kind of we we do a lot of things. We um, we work with buyers a lot right. um, as a buyer coach, but also I just like to get to know them. I love to meet young dentists that are excited about their career and about what they want to do. And I make every opportunity to meet with them and get to know them a little bit, understand what their needs are. Um, that helps me be more prepared when a seller's ready to sell. I have great quality buyers absolutely, and um, that I know. And, uh, and I take the time to get to know what they want. That helps me with my sellers, because guess what? They have a list too, right. and so that helps. And then we also do mergers, partnerships, valuations, those types of things. Okay, so it looks like a lot of the letters that we receive on, on the business of dentistry are right up your alley. Sure. Uh, and you and I have been talking about this podcast and getting you to do something with talking about some of those letters for quite some time. Uh, Lynn, if you didn't know, is actually a member of TBOD, and she weighs in on topics sometimes to, to help folks out. So um, th the next thing I guess we should talk about is um, we've covered who you are and why you do what you do and what you do. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of your personal philosophies. Um, you and I have spoken a little bit about dual representation and, and solo representation whenever it comes to brokers and what your opinions on what's best for the dentist is. Uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that it's important that you have your team. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I can sit on the fence and feel strongly both ways. Um, we, we work you know, solo representation, whether it be the buyer or whether it be the seller, that's how we operate and always have. Right. Um, I think that's best for whoever our client is on whichever side of the table we're sitting on. Mm -hmm. They get all of us and we, we will facilitate and, and help get documents back and forth, that sort of thing. But as far as actually representing both sides, we do not do that. And you know, it, the funny thing to me is, and uh, you and I have discussed this before, dental brokers weren't licensed. They have to be highly skilled, right. and they have to be highly knowledgeable, but they're not licensed. But you know, there is something that's licensed that is very similar, and, and what is that? Real estate. And and what sure. are the rules in Texas on real, real estate? Yeah, real estate does not do dual representation either, um, right. they, for a reason. And um, yeah, there are some brokers that have a real estate license, and so right. um, you know, that's because they're dealing with 
you know, selling the real estate of the practice as well. Absolutely. And um, we don't do that. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a reason why the state of Texas limits that. And that is my feeling as well. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's best for for whoever our client is, whichever side of the table, that they get Absolutely. they get 100% of us. And now folks, so this, in, in full disclosure, there are some large companies that still use dual representation and they mm -hmm. do operate in Texas. Um, it's just not something I think is appropriate. And it, that's actually one of the things that got me to think, hey, I need to bring Lynn on here. She agrees you know, with that and that's how they practice, which right. is fantastic. So um, I guess that the, the next thing we'd really wanna talk about is, um, probably we'll start talking about some of the Deer Doc letters you've read. Sure. Um, I know we're not going to get into a specific one right now, but I kind of want people to get some, some real value out of this. You know, I like to make sure that I save my members money whenever I can. So if looking at these letters, if you could just give some advice to people and say, hey, look, these are the numbers that are really important. And if you want to sell your practice, or you want to buy a practice, these are the numbers you should look at, and then we'll talk about DIY in a couple of seconds. Okay. Um, what numbers are you seeing missing, or what numbers are you seeing misconstrued, or what mistakes um, in thinking are these dentists, you know, experiencing in, in, in these? You know, what, most of the Dear Doc letters that I've seen tend to be buyers, um, right. first off. Uh, so they're new doctors. Um, maybe they have some experience in business before, or maybe not, likely not. Right. Um, Yet they're really smart, so you know they know what they want, and uh, they have quite the shopping list usually about you know their Goldilocks practice um, about what they'd like. And I wish I could deliver all of that, but right. I really can't. Um, Are you telling me that you can't find a seven op practice fully equipped in the last three years with a CBCT, full digital X-rays, 100% paperless? And you want it for under 150000 and they have to be producing at least 800000 a year? Yeah, those aren't available. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I wish. I, I, wish had, I had, had all my hopes riding on that. Yeah, there's a lot of people who have their hopes riding on, you know, <laughs> the, the quality practice in the great neighborhood. And, and there's a lot of those out there. But um, I think knowing what you want is the first step. So I love to hear people's dreams. And, and I think, you know, dream it and you can have it. But if you haven't dreamt it, you're not going to ever know what you're going for. So I, I believe in big dreams. Um, but the second thing is really trying to get people to understand that it's not just about patient count. It's not just about necessarily the number of ops, but it might be about the opportunity to expand. Right. That's an important piece. Well, the first thing I thought whenever you said, I want a quality office in a nice neighborhood, I want the shitty office in a nice neighborhood. Oh, you want the fixer-upper. Absolutely. That's, That's very, where the value is. Very popular here in Texas, um, fixer-uppers. And certainly there's some opportunity there. Absolutely. Um, some of, the, some of the challenges I see with young doctors is they're looking for such a value that they don't have a big enough engine. So they've got to buy That's a big a enough point. engine. So what I mean by that is that if they have a lot of student debt and then they're going to have debt for their practice mm -hmm. in order to try to manage their, their life, their family obligations, as well as their, their practice debt and their, and their student debt, they've got to get a big enough engine to drive all of that home. Absolutely. And sometimes they're looking a little too small. As a matter of fact, I've had quite a few of those lately. Do you think it's because they're um, afraid that they just aren't fast enough? Or, or do you think that, and, and this is honestly business-wise, and this pains me to hear you say that, because 
business-wise, I think a lot of people go into it and they're like, oh, if I have a small business, I can learn from the bottom and build my way up. But in reality, the problems of small practices are so much more detrimental and they can destroy the business so fast compared to a large practice that has a little bit of cushion that it can take. And, uh, the fixed expenses kind of stay the same. Yeah. So when you grow the top line and you have a bigger revenue number, you have a little bit more wiggle room, I'll call Absolutely. it, to, uh, to navigate. And um, I do think that sometimes they're looking too small. And I, you know, I know it's scary, I think, for a new doctor to say, hey, I'm gonna take on that you know, million dollar practice or whatever. I think that can be kind of intimidating, especially if they've never done it, depending on what their skill set is. Right. So I think you know, that's where you need to develop your skills. You know, and, and be ready for that kind of practice. And if you're in an associateship or something, are you seeking the mentorship? Are you seek are you rolling up your sleeves and acting like an owner to learn those things so that you're ready when the opportunity arrives?